Hello, everybody, and welcome to this conversation podcast with Scott and I, but... Hi, Brad. Hey, with Scott and I, but remember, it's not about us. I'm Brad. And I'm Scott. And as Brad said, this is not about us. All right. Welcome, everybody. As usual, I'm just excited that you're listening, that uh, you're here with us. Um, But I think it's very, very, very important, as always, that before this conversation really gets going, we bring in the one that it's for and the one that it's about, and let's see what he's got for us today. Scott, would you be so kind to lead us in our opening prayer? Absolutely. As always, Yahweh God, we just want to praise you and thank you. We want to magnify you and lift you up and just tell you how awesome you are. Hallelujah. Not because you need to hear it uh, in order to convince yourself of it, but just because we want to submit and, and, and just lift you up in our own lives and say how amazing you are. God, bless this conversation because for Brad and I, it's just happening, no plans, no intent, no pre-production in on this at all, just as we think about it, it's coming. But the recognition that, God, you knew every word we're about to say before we were ever born, and the, the awesomeness of who you are and the intricacies of your details are just truly astounding, so... Be here. Have your way in this conversation today. Amen. Thank you, Scott. Well, to get started with uh, this this conversation, I just want to... No, I don't want to go there. Okay. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> I just want to give a, a quick update, something that's kind of exciting to me. This is our 19th podcast. Is it? This is our 19th. So... I don't know, 20 seems like a pretty cool number. So our next one is going to be 20 podcasts. That just kind of blows my mind a little bit. Wow, yeah. I mean, you have to consider the topics, the conversations, the studies. But when you bring them all together, 19. We're actually doing this thing, Scott. Wow. We're almost out of our teenage years. (laughs) Man. So how many episodes do you think until we're out of season one? Because, you know, season oh. one is always the yeah. the the bad season. It's the start. You're, you're, yeah. you're uncomfortable. You don't know what you're doing. You just wait till we get to like our fourth, fifth season, and then it's just going to blow you away. That's right. <laughs> then we'll actually have an idea of what we're doing. Exactly. exactly. But I, I I don't know. I just, I, I want to thank our listeners. I want to thank you, Scott. And, and I want to thank God because as always, this is this is about him. So even if we don't make it to the next podcast, we've got 19 podcasts that I think have done a decent job of giving God some glory, some honor. And you mentioned it in a previous podcast that even if nobody listens to us, just how cool is it going to be when we rewind our lives with God and we can look at this moment in our life and be like, that was pretty cool. And God says, it was. It was a good Thank you, my good and faithful. 
I'm, I'm sorry, I'm laughing right now because it is, I'm just imagining God, you know, people say, my good and faithful servant, well done. I imagine God going, that was cool. <laughs> oh, cool, cool, cool beans. Well, it, it, it's true. I mean, we have, we're created in his image and we have a sense of humor and and we have personalities. And, and so, yeah, it is pretty easy to see God the Father bearing down on us and looking down on us, but... If we have a sense of humor, that means he's got to have a sense of humor. You know, I, I feel like he, he does. He he does laugh with us. He does celebrate things with us. He is there showing us how to have a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me start off with something real quick here, too. Uh, I have, uh, well, I shouldn't say start off. You already started it off. Let me jump in, uh, put it that way, and say every one of these, I want to kind of throw out a personal shout out. Uh, this week, I'd like to give a shout out to uh, author Rick Joyner. Uh, he has been uh, a personal uh, inspiration of mine, uh, especially there's a book trilogy out that I've reread a dozen times or more, uh, The Final Quest, The Call, and The Torch and the Sword. But uh, again... We are a tiny little nothing, Rick Joyner. I'm guessing you're not listening, but if you are, thank you. I just want to appreciate you for that. I personally am a storyteller. Uh, it's my nature. It's my design. I write plays. I have written plays. I write a comic book, as I've said before. I write a couple comic books. Uh, I tell stories, and these books of his are stories they're but they're visions they're they're visions that he received from god and he just explains the visions the way god gave them and i have received them so much some people don't you're wired differently than me i get it that's okay uh but for me they just jumped out at me and and made so many truths of scripture just come alive uh, in a new way I've never seen before that that are just just amazing to me. It painted a intimate portrait of of heaven and and what's actually going on in the spiritual realm uh, mm-hmm. for me. It was it was like looking at a beautiful painting, but also some people when they look at a beautiful painting, they can feel emotions. I was looking at this as a beautiful painting, but also. I felt some extreme emotions. Sometimes I, uh, I felt sorrow. I felt mm-hmm. I felt just pure joy and excitement. I felt overwhelmed. It, the The Final Quest trilogy is uh, absolutely one of the most important, besides scripture, one of the most important uh, series of books I've ever read. And a couple things I want to say about it. One, it has been one of the many uh, inspirations for Spirit Man. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Paul Burris, the author, uh, not the author, sorry, the artist, uh, and I were working on this when we were in high school, and it's a long story, but uh, to just cut it short, he came back about 20 years later and said, hey, do you want to do this? Yeah, why not? We jumped into it again. Again, I'm cutting out a lot of details here, but one of the things I said is, I'm a different person now. This is going to be a very different story. And he was like, absolutely, go for it. When we were creating Spirit Man in high school, he was more of a, 
uh, I don't know, uh, costumed hero uh, in, uh, you think of uh, in the 80s comic books, the spandex hero uh, fighting the sinister cobra uh, versus G.I. Joe type of situations, you know, the, the evil organization trying to rise up and destroy the world type of thing. And in the current incarnation, I turned him more into a soldier. Uh, so the armor of God is is actually armor there wasn't spandex and and costumed superhero stuff and uh, this gets a lot of credit for that the the images that i read about in in the torch and the sword and and all of these the final quest the call uh just inspired me in a lot of different ways to update this character make him something more what i felt was uh, just a stronger better version of what i was trying to get across yeah absolutely i remember i remember reading in there uh it was a little thing but it was huge to me at the time long story short they're all on a mountain and i you know we've heard that you're going where i think you're going i was going to say exactly the same thing then it must be (laughs) important to share um but they're 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 on a mountain and they're looking off in the distance at uh, fellow people who need their help. And they're thinking about that they need to go back down the mountain to go help them. But they come to the realization that God will move mountains. And when they make this realization, they literally move the mountain to the people that need help. And this, this was, <laughs> it was a little thing, I guess, but it was so huge for me. When I think about God moving mountains, I think of him moving mountains that are in my path, mm-hmm. in, in my path, keeping me from something. I never dawned on me that we would move the mountain to the problem. Right. Yeah, <laughs> because they were, they were fighting from the mountain of God. God tells them, go to the mountain, take the high ground, fight the enemy. And you're right. They're told, what about those people over there trapped? We need to help them. And they are told uh, by wisdom says, with your faith, you can move this mountain wherever it needs to go, but never fight the enemy on his own turf, on his ground. You stay on the mountain. And it just made that verse come alive in a way I had never thought of before. And that's one thing I appreciate about these books. Something else I want to say real quick, too, that these have kind of, I don't know what the word for it is, uh, they've brought out in several people that I've, I've mentioned these books about, There's very religious people who have a false idea of how God is working in the world today. I know there's a lot of people who don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. There's a lot of people who don't believe. They believe God went mute after Revelation, and he doesn't want to speak anymore. And there's a lot of reasons for this, but I pity them all for not understanding that God is a living, breathing and Well, not you know what I mean. He's so far beyond us, but the point is he's a... He's a, a living, loving, passionate person who wants a living, loving, passionate relationship with all of us. That includes speaking with us. That includes wrapping his arms around us. That includes being with us. And we're not chasing that because so many of us are deceived into thinking it doesn't exist. I was at work with this book on my desk at one point. Someone else came by who was working with me. And he saw the book, and wow, what's that? And we got in, and he was a Christian too. 
and started talking about this. And, and as I'm explaining the book, he's like, wow, that's amazing. That sounds incredible. I got to check this out. That's, so it's in the fiction section? I said, no, it's nonfiction. He goes, oh, so it's analogy? I said, no, this is a vision that he had. Rick Joyner had, uh, had this vision. God gave him this vision uh, of, and, and immediately this, this guy just cuts me off. Nope, 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 it's no good. Nope, it's not godly. It's not of God. Don't want anything to do with it. And it just, it floors me. And, and I pity these people for not understanding that visions and dreams are intended. They're, they're in the Bible to say, uh, even in the last days, young, the young will have visions and the old will have dream dreams. And, and it even prophesies we're going to, even if you didn't think it's going to happen uh, from, from Revelation on until now, the Bible prophesies it is going to happen again. But he never, never in the Bible does God ever say, and this is going to stop and God will never work this way again, the way he always has throughout history, those are religious concepts. Those are man-made ideas that the Bible does not support. And I pity the people who look at things like this and go, nope, that must be ungodly because he's talking about a vision and people don't have visions anymore. People don't lay hands on the sick and heal them anymore. People don't move that way anymore because God doesn't want us to. I defy you to search the scripture and find that God doesn't want us to. In fact, he commands us to many, many times. Our own false religious concepts have gotten in the way of things like that. Absolutely. And I can put faith into someone's vision or dream because I have had my own. I've had my own dreams. I've talked about them in a previous conversation. And so I know they are from God. And now someone might come to me and say, oh, okay, you've lost your credibility because, you know, you're saying you've had dreams from God. Okay, well, I can't force you to believe that, but I can tell you personally inside, I know what they are and what and, and what they spoke to me and what they meant to me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they came to me when I needed them the most from a loving, caring, living God. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And like everyone else, I do not I do not want to lift Rick Joyner up and make you think I think he's perfect. Of course he's not. Uh there's there are several things in some of his books that I've gone, I, I'm not following you there, uh, in his studies and, and uh his explanations of certain things. I've gone, I don't necessarily agree with that hundred percent. He could be wrong, I could be wrong, we're both imperfect. My point is I'm not saying he's the Messiah. I'm not saying he's perfect. I am saying, Rick Joyner, I appreciate you uh, for for trying to be obedient and and allowing me to see God more clearly in many ways by giving me what God has given you. Absolutely. I thank you for being obedient. How many people haven't been? We've lost maybe some great connection or truth because of it. So... Thank you for being yeah. obedient. Uh, anything you want to throw out there right now? Well, I, I think um, I want to lift up somebody uh, to um, somebody that I actually know. <laughs> um, this uh, In this last week, we've had to put my grandmother into hospice care. And I just want to lift her up. Um, she, she is the oldest of her siblings. And 
She took care of her siblings when she was younger. She took care of her father. She took care of her husband, especially when his later in his life when he was sick. She took care of her children. And then she even took care of her grandchildren. Basically, this woman has always been taking care of someone. She has been a servant for basically her whole life. In the last few years, her body and mind have been trying to give out on her, and it's been really hard for her to have to now be served, um, and, and she she would fight it because that's not her nature. She, she wants to be a servant taking care of others, and so I would just like to lift her up, and uh, she's going to be in hospice, so you start to realize, okay, our time is getting limited now, and that does mean it's going to be difficult for us who are going to remain here for a little while longer. But I want to celebrate the fact that my grandma and I have had conversations and I know her spirit and her, her I know her soul is ready. She's ready to be home. She is ready to be with family. And so I just will uplift her and just wanted to take a moment to share that heaven will soon receive a pretty special person. Amen to that. And and again, I just hope, we've kind of mentioned it before when talking about uh, COVID-19 and, and what's going on in the world, but guys, as Christians, we need to understand and we need to express to the world our lack of concern over death. And And if we're freaked out and worried by it, that reveals in and of itself our lack of faith and understanding in who God is because we need to, to fully grasp this life is just a vapor. I don't care if you live two centuries. It, it, compared to eternity, this is nothing. We all need to have our eyes focused on that eternity while we're here. Use the time wisely and, and be obedient and, and, and fall in love with him to a greater degree and, and appreciate who he is. Yes, yes, use our time here the way he wants us to, but understand that when this body is cast down for whatever reason, we don't stop walking. I think uh, one of the things that kind of helped my mom when she realized that um, her time was being limited, she, she was mostly concerned just about leaving uh, me and uh, my child and you know and her family she she didn't want to leave us but I explained to her that she will go and no sooner will she turn around and the rest of us will be there for us here the reason that there's tears and sadness is because we we won't get to see them we have to wait to be with them mm-hmm. and because we have that linear sense of reality to us it feels like it's it could be a while but to them it's celebration and joy mm-hmm. and they will no longer and they will no sooner turn around and we will be there with them experiencing that joy and love as well so that's why I, i've been accused before of being cold when people have been discussing death and it's not really cold it's it's the it's the fact that no, I, I, I celebrate it. You have a different worldview. Especially, especially when I can say, oh yeah, that person, oh yeah, 
they're they're dancing with the savior right now mm-hmm. because i know i know i know they were saved you know how people will say they'll do something uh selfishly and they will say uh well it's it's what whoever would have wanted you know what i'm talking about brad like uh they will uh you know they'll they'll buy themselves a tv they'll they'll or or whatever they'll they'll lavishly spend money on themselves they'll do something completely selfishly and then they'll say it's what they would have wanted right well you know what for the record uh right here on tape throw it out there when i die i want you guys to have a party i want you guys to celebrate what's well, going on with me we've already been planning it <laughs> my my death <laughs> no the party <laughs> oh all right no i'm just teasing but um, i do i i you know i want everyone to go all right good for you you know uh, uh realizing and understanding i don't want to come back <laughs> right right because what they're experiencing what my grandmother will soon experience is a joy beyond our understanding now I have shared it. I had it for a hundredth of a second. This immense joy and love. Mm-hmm. It will it will be with me forever until I'm there permanently. It was I. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing. There's no words to describe it. There's no. There's nothing as a mere human being I can say that will describe it and make it make sense and make you understand how awesome and wonderful it was. If that's what it's like for a hundredth of a second, then sign me up. I when people are like, "Well, do you have a death wish?" Yeah, I do because I have hope in my death. That being said, I know I have a purpose here. Mm-hmm. So, if it's tomorrow, so be it. If it's yeah. eight, eighty years from now, then I still have a purpose that I need to do while I am here. And I understand that. But no, I do. I have a death wish because I have hope in my death. I remember one uh, a friend of mine in high school and college, he was just upset with my beliefs. And, and basically we were debating one night and just this whole, this whole idea of to die is gain. Uh, and he was like, well, then why don't you just kill yourself? then why don't you just kill yourself right now? Why don't you just, the moment you turn to Christ, the moment you accept Jesus, why don't you just kill yourself? And I said, honestly, I said, that would be selfish of me because that would be great. Uh, it, it really would. The, to end this life and to go on in eternity with him would be wonderful, but I don't because there's more to that verse. To live is Christ, to die is gain. And if this is a love relationship, and if this is I love you so much, I just wanna I just wanna give you everything that I am, then I am responding to what he wants from me. And he has said, I have a purpose for you, I have a plan for you while you're here that I want you to accomplish. And I am obeying that to the best of my ability out of love for him because it makes him feel great. In a loving relationship, you're doing what you can for the other one, the one you're loving, uh, as God is doing that for me, giving his very life for my sake. And because of that love, the Bible says we love him because he first loved us. Because of that love, I just wanna give him me back. 
And that's what we should be doing on this life. But yes, I understand the moment this life is over, oh man, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be wonderful. But that is a selfish thought that will come. I know it's in my future. But yes, to die is gain. I do recognize that. And I have no fear of death. I have something uh, my cousin said a long time ago that I've never forgotten is, I don't fear death. It's the foreplay I'm worried about. And I really liked the way she said it because just that word foreplay, it invites the idea that, you know, what what comes after foreplay is pretty awesome. So the, the fact that she used that word in connection with death, and I was like, it, it made sense to me uh, because of what we're going to achieve on the other side. I, and it really did. I don't know if she intended it to be this way, but it is. The marriage feast is going to happen, and we're going to be connected with God in such an intimate, awesome way. Yeah, I am not necessarily a fan of how it's going to happen, but, but death itself, absolutely no fear. And we all need to be that way. We all need to be looking at, oh, no, what's coming as who cares what's coming. Well, and I, so many people during the COVID and the other crises that are going on right now, um, I've, seen, I've seen pure panic and terror at the thought of their deaths. Mm-hmm. There is no hope in their death at all. Yeah. And, and that's, it, it's heartbreaking because I want to be able to share uh, with everyone you know, there is, like Scott said, this time here, whether you have 50 years or 200 years or whatever, it's only going to be for a short time. It's a vapor. And then you have eternity. So uh, I'll get a little preachy here. I just plead with you. I, I plead with you. Find hope in your death. Yeah. Strange concept, maybe. Mm-hmm. But find hope in in your death because it is worth it it is one of those things that to the world sounds stupid and i fully understand why because they're working off an incorrect precept that there is no god and if this is all there is uh paul said if christ has not died and risen again then all of this is in vain all that we preach is worthless it's all garbage and it's pointless if there truly is no god and if this is one colossal cosmic accident and this is all we have, 70 years and then the grave, then guys, it doesn't make sense to obey any law other than your own. It doesn't make sense to do anything other than what you want. You've only got a short time. Grab what you want. Take what you want. Hurt who you want. It doesn't matter. There is no moral law that exists to hold you to anything. And yes, to those people, the only reason they obey the law, the only reason they follow any rules is because death is what they fear more than anything. Because when it's all said and done, that's it. They're done. And their only objective is to keep this going as long as they can. Uh, that's frightening. That That is terrifying. It's terrifying and depressing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think this is just my personal belief. Some people share it. When we've been telling generations after generations of people now that they are just a mere animal, Mm -hmm. that they have no purpose, 
They're just an accident. They're just an accident. A cosmic fluke. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You know, um, how depressed is how depressing is that? And then what is the outcome of that? Well, anxiety and depression are on the rise mm-hmm. and numbers skyrocketing. Mass shootings and violence and all these other things on the rise. Hatred of every kind. Hatred of every kind. Because yeah, you're being told you're an animal. And I don't know about you, Scott, but when somebody when somebody tells me over and over and over again that I am something I generally start to think I am that something. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why parents, it's important to inspire your children and, and, and inspire their dreams, to tell them they are capable and they are worthy. So then they'll grow up to be, to think that they are. But if you tell somebody they're an animal over and over and over again, they learn it in school, they learn it from their parents, they learn it from their church. A lot of churches now support evolution and all these ideas then they're going to start acting like animals. Yeah. um, There's something uh, I want to list here. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. The lie can be maintained only for such time as the state can shield the people from the political, economic, and or military consequences of the lie. Adolf Hitler and Mein Kampf. That's... uh, The source of the big lie technique is this passage taken from chapter 10 of James Murphy's translation of Mein Kampf. But yeah, it's absolutely right. We, when we're fed a lie long enough, we just start to believe it because we think what, you know, why are they, why do they continually tell us if it's, uh, if it's a lie? Why are we being continually fed this uh, unless it were the truth and we rationalize it and we just go with it? Well, and when people of authority tell us these things too, we put even greater faith in that. Uh, when scientists and teachers and all these people that we say, yes, they know what they're talking about, are telling us these, this continual lie, I would, I would challenge our listeners, stop putting your faith in these supposed experts. And I'm sorry, uh, that was Joseph Goebbels, uh, the original... Uh the original quote from Adolf Hitler that he borrowed that from was about the use of a lie so colossal that no one would believe someone, quote, could have the impudence to distort the truth so infamously, unquote. Uh, so basically, they're just making the point that just come up with a lie so incredibly hideously stupid that people will think that's got to be true because no one would come up with something that crazy if it weren't true. Like evolution. <laughs> exactly. But that's another story. <laughs> oh, anything else on your mind right now? I kind of, boy, the COVID thing was kind of on my heart because I, I, I see it at work. Again, we've said before, Brad and I work at clinics, uh, medical clinics. I just saw someone come in today just just exasperated and, and panicked and, and just upset. Can you believe there are still people out there who aren't wearing masks? And I had to say, well, yeah, yeah, I do. Uh, because there's so much information and disinformation and mixed information. Nobody knows what to believe anymore. And, and everyone is following a, everyone out there doing whatever, wearing a mask, wearing no mask, wearing a mask and a shield, wearing a full body armor. I don't, whatever they're doing, 
mix, you know, uh, connecting in public, separating, staying in your house, getting outside, whatever they're doing, everyone, absolutely everyone believes they're following the best medical advice that they have because there's so much of it and it all conflicts. We feel like, what can we believe? Exactly. And it's, it's all stems from this, this spirit of fear, mm-hmm. um, which if you're afraid, then you have no hope. Um, I've mentioned Ray Comfort before, and I've even talked about this briefly in another podcast, but fear um, can actually be a great motivator if used appropriately. Uh, right now, people are reacting to the fear rather than letting it motivate them. It, it, you know, if you're going to jump out of a plane and you have no parachute, you're, you're, you're going to have a lot of fear. You're going to come crashing down at 100 miles per hour and crash into the ground and, and splatter. But if you are jumping out of a plane and you have a parachute that you know has been packed perfectly, you're not going to have, you might still have a little fear, but you're not going to have anywhere near the amount of fear that you did. So basically, Ray Comfort would say that parachute is Jesus. Put your faith in the parachute. Put your faith in Jesus because he's got this. There, you know, Have hope mm-hmm. in your death. Have hope in fearful situations because he's got this. I've, I've told this to Brad before, but uh, I've said several times, Satan is not going to come at me with cancer because that would give me a time limit that I was aware of and it would set me off. That would only encourage me because I'm sitting there going, hey, if I've got three weeks to live, if I've got three months to live and I know it, oh, what do I care if people are going to insult me and pick on me and or tear me apart or fire me or whatever? Man, I am going to go nuts and just give this all to God. And, and then that got me thinking, well, wait a second. I do know I have a set time to live. So why aren't I doing that right now? <laughs> right. As soon as you started talking about that, I was like, hmm, if I only have three weeks to live and I know it, set me in the most hostile territory and I will evangelize like crazy. Yeah. You know, what do I care if I lose my head to tomorrow compared to three weeks from now? Mm-hmm. But you're right. If that's the idea, then why are we not doing this? Yeah. You know, this, this gets me on something else too. Um, all of the... I spoke before on the misinformation. I'm kind of getting off the subject here, but this reminded me. That's what the conversation does. It just goes <laughs> whatever hits my mind. Brad, you're getting into Revelation, which is going to get into end times, eschatology, that kind of thing, uh, at least to a degree. <laughs> uh, but I remember, and I've said before on other podcasts, I was getting, in, I was going to a lot of prophecy club events and and different things. I was listening to a lot of speakers. I was really digging and searching eschatology themed ideas for a long time. And a friend of mine said something I thought was brilliant. And I I still remember it to this day. This is uh, Cooney, if you're listening, this is you. She said, you know what I believe? I said, what? What do, what do you believe? And I, I, I thought she was going to give me an idea, you know, this, you know, that I could, you know, study and analyze or whatever. She goes, I believe whatever the last person I listened to believes. Because there were so many conflicting thoughts. And, you know, this person's pre-trib, this person's mid-trib, this person's post-trib, this person's no-trib, this person's uh, secret rapture, this person's multi-rapture, this person's no-rapture, this, everyone has different ideas. And she said, you know what? Every one of them 
sound legitimate. Every one of them, you could have you could have two different people with absolutely completely conflicting ideas. They both can't be true. They they absolutely negate each other. They both sound legitimate because the people are coming with scripture. The people are coming with you know such incredible human logic and they all sounded right no matter who you listen to you'd listen to one person one day and think well he's got it you'd listen to another person next day and say oh no he's got it first person must have been wrong you'd listen to another person the third day and go oh my gosh they've got it right the first two people must have been totally messed up i've never forgot that you know who i believe whoever i listen to last and because it's so difficult to discern because everyone, everyone seems to be able to back it up completely. I don't know. I just thought I'd throw that out there. It's I, interesting. Very yeah. interesting. It does make it difficult. What I've tried to do in not just eschatology and everything, uh, I've tried to pull the pearls out of whatever is being said. Try to dig through and pull out what connects with scripture and and find out what doesn't make sense individually did you uh did you get that from your own feelings on it uh and this is what i mean i've given this analogy in in sermons before i walk up to person a and i say here's a situation now how would god respond in that situation and person a says well god would always do abc and define that. Why? You, you came up with a conclusion. Define your logic. Why would God do that? Well, the Bible clearly says God is love, and that's how love would act. Okay, so you go to person B. You give him exactly the same situation. You say, now, how would God act in that situation? And they say, well, God would always do X, Y, Z, completely opposite of what the first person said. And you say, okay, all right, you came to a conclusion. Define that. Prove it scripturally say why how did you come to that conclusion that god would always act this way well the bible clearly says god is love and love would always act that way two completely opposite diametrically opposed positions and both standing on exactly the same scripture to support their position why because they're defining love the way they choose to define it not the way god defines it and that's one of our problems in studying the scripture of any kind not just eschatology of any kind is we read something and we say now i'm going to define it i'm going to define it the way i choose the way i want the way my worldview presents itself instead of going back to scripture and letting god define god we say that's what i want to believe so i'm running with it and i'm calling it scripturally based so what you're saying is humans make error <gasps> am i what am i really saying that I, it sounds like it to me <laughs> but you're you're not wrong that's why i'm saying trust jesus because he makes yes. no errors so that's why when i listen to a, a preacher a teacher someone studying i try to pick out the verses the things the, the the logic that they use that really comes down to this is what i want uh, that has no basis in truth. And I try to pick out the verses and the scriptures that, that seem to 
help establish other verses and scriptures and line up with what God has clearly said uh, rather than what you want to be true. I want to clarify something I said earlier. I said don't put your faith in scientists or teachers or or you know any special specialist or anything like that or us <laughs> or us <laughs> don't put your faith in those people you can appreciate science you can appreciate people who teach you can appreciate these things but and al- us and us <laughs> <laughs> um but ultimately your faith has got to go to jesus because we are all humans and we're all going to make mistakes absolutely so i just wanted to clarify that i'm not mm-hmm. saying that you know i don't think science is good i think you know, or medical science is good or you know teachers are good or anything like that i mean we need teachers we need medicines we need we need absolutely, all of these things yeah. so i just don't want you to think oh boy he's he, he says don't trust anything no mm-hmm. that's not it i just don't trust people um, ultimately put your faith in Jesus. He will not let you down. Absolutely, yes. Uh, anywhere else you want to go? Real quick, I just want to give a, um, a special prayer and blessing. As I've mentioned previously, we see where people are visiting our website from. Um no, I, like I said, I don't want to freak you out. We can't see exactly who you are or, or you know, what, <laughs> where you're coming from. But we can see um, either you... Don't have a connection to your cameras and your laptop. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that would be weird. Um, we, uh, we can see what country you have. In the case of, uh, like, the U.S., I can actually see what city you're from. Um, but that's it. It doesn't show me anything else other than that. But I have noticed that we've had some hits from countries that um, persecute Christians. So I don't know if you listened to our podcasts and you know your country would say, that's not okay. Um, I don't know if you're hungry for the word, but you have to be careful how you do it. Whatever your situation is, the Christians in those countries I just want you to know, we love you. We yes. we appreciate you. We are persecuted here in America in a much different way. We are not persecuted in a way where we have to be afraid for our lives. We don't have to be afraid that we're going to be thrown in jail and into a tight dungeon, overcrowded, barely fed, tortured, whipped, potentially beheaded or killed. We don't have to worry about those things here. But you might. And I just want you to know, we send you blessings. We do love you and we do appreciate you. But more important, God loves you and cherishes you and he blesses you. Keep up the good fight. Because it's going to be worth it. Amen. Wholeheartedly agree. Just pray strength and courage on everyone in a situation where your very life is at stake just by caring about God in your life. And I think that's uh, a great place to end this. 
I agree. This has been Brad. And this has been Scott. And this is always not about us.